the F1 2022 season, Sebastian Vettel's career, and Argentina's hopes to win their World Cup. All three things that have ended these past couple of days. It's lights out and away we go for episode 90 of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. to record that i'm going to make sure i record this separately and then oh i back for you when we get out of the group oh stage. you think i mean i'm i mean you're going to be the second team out of the group stage and then you're going to be playing a pretty good team and then done all right we just finished the formula one 2022 season in abu dhabi um i think it was a pretty like if you could sum up uh what the 2022 season looked like it kind of ended up being what this race actually ended up being um, kind of standard, your standard winners and losers, um, some struggling teams. So I think overall this, this finale kind of encapsulated pretty well the 2022 season. Yeah, I think uh, there are some things, I got some things in my, in my good, bad, and ugly and, and race recap that will, it was just kind of a, a good summary of how the season went. I think you're right. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about actually how the season went, our sectors for this podcast are good, bad, and ugly, our race haikus, our race recap, our gambling corner, final one of the year, and then our race predictions recap. So starting on, so starting along with our good, bad, and ugly, um, I can take an initial stab at this here. Starting with my good, uh, Ferrari finishing vice driver champion and vice constructor champion. It really doesn't <laughs> matter about the points differential between one and two. I think all that nope. matters is what the place is. So I don't care if we came in second by 300 points. We came in second. So I think that's just like a positive thing that, you know, a lot of people are starting to fret in both drivers and constructors towards the end. Uh, another good thing for, for another good thing for a Ferrari fans. So kind of a good part two. Obviously, both drivers were asked repeatedly about the Mattia Bonotto rumors. Neither driver really backed him up. It seemed like they kind of evaded the question saying like they want to continue to improve and that there was a ton of mistakes made during the year. But they really were like, we don't want to talk about kind of the rumors and all that stuff. Um, so hopefully, even with landing second place, Ferrari makes it like a switch at the top. That's kind of what I'm hoping on, um, that we, we got one part of my wish done. I want the other wish to be done here in a couple months and and uh, switch things up a little bit. And then um, good part three, I think uh, Vettel wrote that Charles, uh, you know, they were signing helmets and uh, little sign-offs before he goes. He said that Charles is the most talented driver he's ever seen in his time in Formula One, which Damn. was a huge, huge compliment. And I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> I mean, maybe most talented teammate, but most talented driver, I feel like, is a little bit of a stretch. That's a stretch. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, he's driven against some pretty good guys, in my opinion. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, only time will tell he's still a youngin', so maybe, maybe he knows something that we don't. Maybe. Yeah, maybe we'll look back and be like, oh, he was right. Look at that. Holy no shit, clue. look at this guy, this nine-time world champion. <laughs> All right, my bad is not being able to see Danny race in any form of motorsport. So there were reports this past weekend that he rejected a, a few offers from the IndyCar series. As he said, he just wasn't mentally there to compete in the U.S.-based league. As it would be cool to see him kind of in the paddock, I don't see the odds of him racing even one race next year very high. Um, I don't can't remember really the last time a Red Bull 
team use a reserve driver, obviously, you know, crazy things happen. Um, but I mean, they're obviously always competing for the top. And so they're not willing to really switch things up here and there. And um, so, yeah, just it's unfortunate to see that we probably won't see him. Odds are unlikely. Uh, and if there was one guy, I would say that would get me interested in another motorsport, uh, an IndyCar or something like that, it would have been Danny Rick. So I thought that, you know, even if he went over an IndyCar for a little bit, uh, had a year over there, enjoyed his time, uh, and then came back would have been great. But, um, yeah, it's just going to be weird not seeing him on a weekly schedule. Yeah, that's a really good point because when you first initially were like, hey, like, I, you know, I, I would have been cool to see him over there. I was like, honestly, I don't think I would ever watch an IndyCar race, like, you know, through my own volition that wasn't live. But if there, you're right, if there was somebody that could make me change that, you know, take, then I probably would, would say it's Danny. Yeah, yeah. So uh, hopefully some other world-renowned fun driver comes over to IndyCar. Um, <laughs> I don't see that happening. But uh, my ugly is going to be a potential open number one driver spot for Red Bull in the future. So um, after the whole Team Ordos debacle in Brazil, Max vowed that he will not be in the sport when he is 40. So Max is 25 right now. That means within the next 15 years, he will retire from the sport. So, I mean, huge shocking announcement. I don't know why a lot of other podcasts and a lot of other um, Formula One journalists aren't covering this huge announcement. Uh, But I also have an announcement that I formally announced. I will not be doing my current job by the time I'm 40 as well. Uh, So shout out to my company. Just be prepared for the not so distant future. Um, Yeah, just, I mean... By the time he's 40, he's not going to be racing. So, um, you know, he's not going to be following in the footsteps of Fernando Alonso or Kimi Räikkönen. Well, by the time he's 40, isn't F1 going to be carbon neutral, right? Isn't that what Yeah, maybe that's with? why. Yeah, maybe he's like uh, not Formula One, but it will be, you know, Formula E or whatever, whenever that takes over. He never, he never <laughs> did say that. So, yeah, who knows? I would still like to bet that they probably won't be carbon neutral by the time that Max retires, but... Who knows? I'm, I'm rooting for it, you know? I'm rooting for it because I'm a good guy. I vote, I vote Dem. Good stuff on Good, Bad, and Ugly. I will go next. My good is going to be donuts. I think there's there's just, like, nothing cooler than seeing a guy. I'm talking about Seb here specifically. Uh, than seeing a guy who has meant so much to the sport do donuts celebrate the end of a very illustrious career. 2007, he started. 2022 he finishes top 10 i think like longest careers in uh in f1 and just one of the most fruitful you know we'll always have the uh four years in a row seb yeah my bad go ahead i was gonna say uh i would say too there is a pretty good distinction between certain drivers and how they do donuts i do think seb does one of the best donuts i've ever seen some drivers like it's a little bit kind of chalky and a little like awkward looking uh, but yeah he does a hell of a donut yeah. And speaking of bad donuts, my bad is donuts. Uh, Mick Schumacher and uh, Nicholas Latifi made contact, spinning out and doing kind of like a what you can maybe call a half donut. Uh, and they made it like synchronous. So, so like synchronized swimming, they kind of mm. made it, you know, nice and flowy together. Um, but yeah, this is my bad because two guys that we talk about, talked about it before don't really think that they'll be very missed. Um, it was extremely fitting that the worst and that the financially most destructive driver on the grid did that little pirouette together. It was kind of like, you know, that um, that like picture with I think it's like Alonzo, Vettel and Lewis all doing like the donut at the mm-hmm. same time. It's like the coolest picture in F1. That is like the uh, let's like their version of that. But the Walmart version of that basically was what they did. 
Yeah, I um, I also think it kind of reminds me of the uh, Fast and Furious meme where it's like these two cars are apart in a way. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. uh, two guys doing half donuts that will not be in the sport next year. Yeah, exactly. Like if that uh, Fast and Furious meme where, um, yeah, it's like they did the Fast and Furious meme except they crashed into each other. Yeah, right. right. Instead of separating stuff. away, they bump into each other and say, <laughs> yeah. and then that goes ending their Formula One career. Right. It's been a long day right after that. Um, all right. Good donuts, bad donuts. My ugly is going to be donuts. Yes. Uh, Mick Schumacher, after the race, <laughs> after the race, goes over to the runoff area in the Abu Dhabi circuit, wanted to salute the fans, did about two donuts that, like you said, they weren't great, you know, weren't like uh, mm-hmm. weren't super clean ones. And then uh, someone from his pit garage comes over the radio saying, this is the direct quote because I watched the video like eight times. Uh, sorry, Mick, can you please stop doing donuts? Seriously, I'm sorry, Mick, but we just can't. Sorry. And then he goes there. And Mick responds, "It's all right. I uh, love you too." And that was just the oh, most God. sad, like, ugh, kick a guy while he's down. Like this could be his last in F1. Probably not, but maybe. Then he just gets shut down. What um, are they afraid like, about? Are they going to reuse these tires? I think that they're just supposed to, well, two things. Like, I think, I'm sure it does some kind of damage to the car, like repeated, you know, like that. And if he didn't finish P1 in the Destructors Championship, costing his team almost, I think, like four and a half, five million dollars, which is essentially what his contract value is worth, maybe they would have let him destroy the car a little bit with donuts. But, you know, he did do that and did cause the team a lot of financial pain because people forget he split two cars in half this year. I feel like mm-hmm. we need to do we need to do like a, a, a like a season recap of like highs and lows for each driver and mix high and mix low is definitely splitting two cars in half. Just want yeah. to reemphasize that point that he split two cars in half. I could easily see. Gunther, as he was doing those donuts, just sprint over to the race engineer and just being like, no, no, like, tell him no. <laughs> and just screaming For in his Christ's sake, dude. Gene Haas is happy with me. We got a pole position for the first time in the team, but I think he's going to cut my nuts off. If, if <laughs> Imagine if he just has his last act, dude. Mick Schumacher just smashes the car into a wall. Just straight on, into like, a, a barrier as, as, like, impo- <laughs> as like obvious as possible. Oopsies. <laughs> Yeah, but there it is. Good donuts, bad donuts, ugly donuts. All right, that does it for our good, bad, and ugly. Moving along to our race haikus. Ian, oh, you will go go first. Yeah, race haikus. Uh, Charles ekes out P two. Merck mechanical mishap. See you next year. Cunts. Was that, was that supposed to be added? I, I realized see was that improvised? Was four, four. Yeah, yeah, just, I, nice improvised, dude. Little, I, was waiting. I, thought, I did like, I thought it was a dramatic effect on the cunts or if it was like a mistake, <laughs> but I'm glad it was just, yeah, just smart, smart Ian, just prepared to drop the hard C. <laughs> All right, my haiku is going to be Maxi and Baquez, winner, winner, chicken den, Leclerc and Marco. Told you. Last I'm race first rodeo, baby. Podcast, maybe? Yes. Last race yes. haiku. I, I, I could probably highly say that. That's probably the last time <laughs> we ever do a race haiku. I'm sorry for the <laughs> listeners. 
But moving along from our race high codes to our final formula, our final 2022 Formula One race recap. Starting with quals and free practice. Like we said with the race Sunday, it did seem pretty similar to what we were seeing in quals the entire years. Quals were Red Bull, Red Bull, Ferrari, Ferrari, Mercedes, Mercedes. Um, so yeah, just uh, our standard thing. I mean, maybe we see kind of a mix up between the Red Bull, like the two, of the Red Bull and the three of the Ferrari, but um, your standard sp- your standard quals, uh, something completely different than we saw last week, but um, I mean, bound to happen, something like that. So um, yeah, I mean, just something that we kind of saw majority of the season and that kind of ran into our race Sunday, starting with McLaren. All right, this is the last time that I get to talk about this McLaren team of 2022 with Lando and Danny, and thank God. So uh, our battle was with Alpine for P4 in the championship. Um, We did successfully get Vice P4, like you said earlier. I'm going to steal that. So Vice P4 in the Constructors' Championship. Um, Yeah, very well deserved, I think, because Lando finished best of the rest, P7 in the Drivers' World Championship. Danny got beat by Valtteri Bottas and tied Sebastian Vettel in points. So a wide range of performance there. This season, it's just like, I mean, it's Danny's fault. Let's call it what it is. Danny got 30% of the points that Lando did. Tough to win uh, the battle in the constructors with that difference um, when you're going up against a team like Alpine. Lando was the only driver outside of the top three teams to secure a podium position in 2022. So I think, like, the bad part is that we absolutely screwed up a chance to get millions of dollars more than we will this year. The good part is that we've got our guy. Uh, Lando's on, you know, a multi-year contract. So I think it's, like, that's the one silver lining we have is that, like, we made a, you know... The guy who we signed is the guy that we want. It'd be tough if it were kind of vice versa. But, yeah, you know, Danny going from P10 to P9, Lando going P7 to P6. Finishing out with 159 points is not where we wanted to be, but, you know, again, we'll we'll take it. Uh, given it's, it's hard to find silver linings, but I think, I think there are some to be had there. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, to be honest, I thought 30%. I would have not guessed that Danny had that many. Um, percentage <laughs> breakdown. I thought it would have been more of like an 80-20 uh, based off of just his uh, his inconsistency. So I actually, I'm taking in the fact that like I'm su- surprised that Danny got 30% of the team points. So let me clarify there. Th- uh, Danny got 30% of Lando's points. So Lando got three times what Danny got. Mm. Okay, so it's not 70-30 is what you're trying to say. No, I think it is worse than that. I think so. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, that is that makes sense then. Because I was going to say, like, yeah. it didn't seem like that's how it worked. But um, <laughs> confusing stat. Thank you, Ian, for that. Moving along to our P4, Alpine. 173 points. Uh, not too great of a weekend here. Only got six points. Esteban Ocon went from P8 to P7. Fernando Alonso, P11. So typically done pretty well in quals. And then his kind of typical dnf to finish out the season um and it's always pretty much been engine trouble i don't think he's really had too many where it's been a crash and he's out it's constantly engine trouble i don't understand i guess the lack of discrepancy between esteban's engine and fernando's um but i mean maybe alonzo was right onto something that they were just treating him a little bit differently um so obviously alonzo out 
Ocon uh, had a pretty good battle with Seb, uh, but I mean, like we said, kind of a lot with Alpine, especially for the first half of the year. They would always end up around the P7, P8, P6 maybe, and it was just like they were kind of in a race of their own. Uh, it's just not typically, uh, you know, doing, not typically a race to remember for a lot of their races um, outside of the random Alonzo P4 finishes, but um, that happened kind of less seldom, I guess, in the second half of the season. I think Ocon actually finished with more points, which... Um, I think halfway through the season, if you would have asked me that, I would have uh, been a little bit surprised. I think he out, out um, points him by 11 points or so. So um, at the end of the season, Otmar was saying that uh, they're very excited for their driving pair with Esteban and Pierre and is much better than it would have been if they had Oscar Piastri. So it's definitely like the, um, you know, I'm so glad she broke up with me. If she didn't break up with me, I was going to break up with her anyways. And it's just like we're in a good spot and we're happy where we are with our lives as like, you know, their life kind of crumbles around them. Um, so it's just like, yeah, like I'm just, you know, hanging out with the boys. Yeah, it's okay that I'm drinking six nights a week. It's, you know, it's I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm just normal. keep telling yourself yeah. that. Yeah, it's not a big deal uh, because, you know, obviously Pierre just had a great 2022 mm. season himself. Yeah. It's it's loser talk for sure. Being like, oh, thank God that the that the legal battle that we really pushed for ended up we ended up losing it. So yeah, yeah. the guy that didn't want to race with us that we were taking him to court, forcing him yeah. to race with us, and they said, hey, no, I'm glad that we actually didn't want him that much. Yeah, we're glad that we spent all that money on lawyers just to lose that court case. We're it's like we're really happy about that. Who's the real loser? Fucking idiot. <laughs> All right, there's P4. Let's move on to P3. Mercedes getting in P3, uh, 515 points at the end of the season here. Lewis Hamilton calling P5, getting his first mechanical DNF of the season. George Russell going from P6 to P5. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the big story here was just like Mercedes having a, a DNF because of something wrong with their like with their you know, mechanics, like with, with the car itself rather than getting either you know into an accident or something like that. It's like times like these, you have to like realize, or at least I kind of like come to the, you know, kind of the realization that like, it's wild how consistent they are from a mechanical perspective. Like, you know, it's so weird to see them like retire. Like if you see like an Alpine or Ferrari or like Red Bull early on in the season, McLaren sometimes, like all of those guys, you kind of expect to see something go wrong every like three or four races, but Mercedes, you just don't, you just take it for granted that like, yeah, they're just going to finish the race unless someone crashes into them or they crash into somebody. So, um, yeah, seeing that, uh, it does prove that they're human. Also Lewis getting proved that he is human without his, uh, since he did not get a win this year, first time in his career without a win. Um, I guess, Marco, do you think Lewis Hamilton will ever, will ever win a race again or will he cap out at 103? I think he, he, I think he does. I think Mercedes um, picks it up over the offseason. I think they make a much more competitive car. I completely agree, but just for the sake of argument, I'm going to have the take that Lewis will never win another race in his F1 career. He's going to retire in two years from now, and he will never win another race. All right, similar to you recording me saying Argentina is not going to do well in the World Cup, I will be saving this recording of you saying that Lewis never gets a win again. That is extremely fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, the only other, only other thing that, uh, that I saw was like, did you see, 
Signs and Lewis got into a battle. I think it was at turn four. It was the same spot that uh, Max and Lewis got into a battle last year at Abu Dhabi. Um, you know, Signs pushed him a little bit wide, but not off track. And he tried to do the same shit that he did with uh, Verstappen last year, where he just cuts across a ninety degree chicane. And uh, <laughs> and like I think Signs Signs came on the radio and was like, guys, this is the exact same thing he did with Verstappen last year. Like we cannot let him get away with this. Verstappen <laughs> last year really did push him all the way off, like didn't leave room. But Signs like Signs did leave enough space for Lewis to get a, you know at least a tire on there, and then like. Yeah, I think it was just muscle memory for Lewis being like, "Oh, I know what to do here." Like you just you just go around the chicane and you keep the position. It was okay <laughs> last like, time. It's gonna be okay this yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, got a uh, had to give the position back and it was it was fine. But yeah, it was just funny to see that and signs be like, "No, no, 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 not again. <laughs> like not with me this time." Yeah, um, I think kind of a full circle on your good, bad, and ugly too. Uh, donuts too. The lack of donuts. I think that I'm sure Lewis was pretty bummed that he didn't get to uh, share the kind of donut circle that he had with Seb. I think everyone was expecting, if he finished the race, that he would be joining uh, Seb in the final donuts. So um, did not get to partake in that. So Yeah, definitely. Mark my, uh, give me another bad uh, on top of my real bad and make mm-hmm. it donuts as well. Or lack of donuts. Uh, just donuts. Okay. Or like donuts, donuts, lack of donuts, donuts. Okay. All right. We'll take that. As long as it's a lot of donuts. Okay. Handshake. I've said donuts so much now. <laughs> I've written it. You're hungry? That it's like you one of those weird things where like you repeat a word and it's like, what? Oh, it sounds word? funny. Donuts? 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 Donuts is the word. Donuts. All right. Donut. Talk about that anymore because we're moving along to Ferrari with our P2, like I said, vice champions with 554 points, 30 points this weekend. Charles Cl- Charles Leclerc, P3 to P2, Carlos Sainz, P4, sticking with that P4. Um, Charles did it. Uh, I think this was kind of the the one thing that we everyone was focused in on. On you know, obviously Ferrari had that nice gap for Mercedes for the actual constructors, but unlikely Mercedes had this. This was the real thing that everyone was looking at was was Charles Leclerc versus Sergio Perez for the P2 and the drivers' championship with. Perez getting P2 in quals, Charles getting P3 in uh, quals. Seemed like, you know, obviously kind of backs against him, uh, but he did it. Very well deserved. I I think that, like, with everything that he had to go through, Charles had to go through, the team had to go through, this is kind of like a championship in and of itself. Obviously, with what they went through, there was just no way that they were going to ever... Uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious halfway through the year that they were not going to get the P1. So the fact that they did squeak out that P2, even having that massive gap, uh, was a huge accomplishment um, and great for him. So obviously, we had a, a new sector that we had for a while of uh, what did Ferrari do this week. Uh, thankfully, we did not have to bring that back up for this weekend because I honestly think that they they ran a perfect race. I thought their strategy was exactly what they needed to do. They forced Perez to go, um, you know, on two pit stops and were able to hold him off with the uh, one pit stop strategy with Charles to, to secure that final. So I thought it was uh, just a great, a great race to end the season um, and something that, you know, a little bit of positive light to, to end the season for Ferrari. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was, I thought that Sergio was going to close that gap on his mm-hmm. two stop, and I like it for for many of those laps. 
I was like, ah, oh, they fucked him again. Just like, this is the perfect, like, we had Alonzo go out, we had Nick and Mick spin, like, they just, this is just a summary of the year, and part of that summary was for Ferrari fucking, you know, Charles over, but, yeah, I think, like, it was so well-deserved, man. Like, he, yeah. he did well enough at the beginning of the season where I think this is, like, kind of the only way that it should have gone down, so, yeah, yeah he, congratulations he had, um, on, on... I think he crushed the, uh, the um, most quals of the season, too. I think he had nine, which um, I think Max had maybe seven or so. So um, obviously, like, the performance of the car was there. His driving was there. Um, it's just the consistency and some of the strategy that was not for them. So, yeah. um, unfortunately. And eventually we'll find out where the blame lies for that. Um, it's definitely not Mattia Bonotto, if you ask Mattia Bonotto. So one of <laughs> these is. days we'll figure out kind of, yeah, we'll figure out what what was going on. We'll get back to the lab uh, but, and, and really hone in on what the fuck happened. Yeah. No, but in all seriousness, that was, uh, I was getting pretty nervous. I think you, uh, one of your race predictions was like Mercedes to pass Ferrari. And I was like, I think that's kind of like a given that it's going to happen. But yeah, I, I was very wrong about that. And you yeah, know, I mean, like, uh, P- P2 right about where they should be. I think Red Bull was unstoppable this year. I think Ferrari was just kind of right behind him. So it's good to see that that's how it kind of worked out. I, but, I uh, think, so- uh, and w- without Lewis too, I, I mean, I think, Charles, I was hoping Charles would have been like Lewis is a lion uh, with those couple laps where he was fighting with Perez. Perez passes uh, yeah. him, he passed him back. And I think that might have been a huge different, uh, different, a huge differentiator with uh, this. I think this could have completely played out differently if Perez got past him pretty quickly and moved on to, to Charles. So I think that was a, a massive help. And uh, Ferrari fans I saw on Twitter were very, very thankful of Lewis. Yeah funny to see ferrari and ferrari and mercedes fans get along so well over hating red bull. <laughs> exactly but, uh, yeah <laughs> speaking of red bull red bull have been your constructors championships for many weeks now but ending the season with 759 points which is just a fucking crazy amount of points that's <laughs> so wild but uh 759 points taking 40 points away from the weekend max verstappen uh you know P1 to P1, Sergio Perez, P2, dropping down to P3 and costing him that uh, that win in the championship. So, no. Sergio Perez going from P2 to P3, uh, just nabbing P3 in the championship as well. Funniest part of the race, after all the drama that we had last week, um, funniest part of the race was Max being like, oh, yeah, I mean, I think the tires are good. Tell Checo to send it. And it's like, dude. Don't tell Checo anything. Like, don't say anything to Checo. You this is on him if he doesn't get P2. Yeah, it's just like, that's not, it's so too little too late to be like, oh, I wanted to help Checo out, so I told uh, I told the garage to tell him to really push. It's like, hey, buddy, did you see not... what I did? Yeah, I was like, you're welcome. Um, and yeah, speaking of that, Jensen Button interviewed Max after the race win. I think it was 15 race wins this season. Um, and Jensen Button was like obnoxiously loud interviewing Max Verstappen because there was a lot of booing around Abu Dhabi when he was getting interviewed. He was just trying to drown out the noise, drown out that booing. And it's just like, I mean, I, I, do you think this, this Brazil stuff of him not helping out his teammate when he has nothing to win or nothing to, nothing to gain or nothing to lose, do you think this follows him into next season? Like, do you think Sergio Perez fans or Red Bull fans are going to be quick to forget or no? Dude, I, I hope it does. I don't know. I, I, you know, you need, you need a heel in this sport. Um, and the fact that you have a heel that is like the best in the entire world right now, is kind of cool. I don't know. I, I think like, you know, you, it makes other people want 
other teams to do well, knowing that yeah. people just hate this guy that is on top. Yeah. I think with, uh, like, if you look back in years past with Lewis, um, he was a guy that was on top that was genuinely, like, kind of hard to hate, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he's like a very good guy off the track, like, very appreciative of the team, says it all the time. Like, he's just good guy, Lewis. And now, like you said, yeah, it's, it's kind of nice to have, like, all right, we fucking hate the guy who's on top right now. It's like when the Patriots were doing super well for all those years. It's like it's easy to hate the guy that's on top, and it makes it yeah makes it more fun. I think uh, just to appreciate the rest of the field to be like somebody take this guy down. Yeah, all other teams can like push aside their differences. If you can like everyone can find a common ground of being like, hey, fuck that guy, and everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> fuck that guy. Yeah, all right, fuck that guy. Hey, we're cool. We're cool. Yeah, fuck Max. Okay. Yeah, I think the only other thing that I wanted to say with Red Bull was uh, obviously they were being interviewed a ton about the uh, Brazil instance. And they both, I think the PR team brainwashed them or put a gun to the back of their head when they're like, hey, you have to say at all times, anytime that this is mentioned that, hey, we're all good. Everything's okay. Yep, we're all fine. Everything's fine. We're all good. Because I think I heard that 45 times between the two of them. So um, yeah. I thought that was just something that I don't think everything is fine um, that I know of, but, um, you know, if they ask them, everything is fine. So I did find that funny because obviously I don't think th- an instance like that can just be wiped away in a single week and without, like, kind of any any fixing to the issue. Yeah, it was, I mean, they really wanted to drive the point home that it's like, hey, guys, you guys are making up a bunch of drama. Like you, you, know? <laughs> you guys, we're, we're we're really good. It's yeah. it's fine. We're great. No, we're like happy. We're <laughs> fucking really fucking happy, guys. So <laughs> keep asking us how happy we're because we're <laughs> we're happy. Oh, good stuff. Congratulations to all the drivers and all the constructors on a uh, very entertaining season. Um, and now time for me to congratulate Marco because we're going to move into our gambling corner. <laughs> Um, this past week, starting off with $44 out of the 100 that I started, 10 units, or $10 per unit, um, I had Alfa Romeo, first car to retire, that was plus 650 that one did not hit, uh, that was one unit down, Mercedes car to win, plus 145 that one did not hit either, and Lewis, fastest in practice three, plus 410 that one did not hit. In retrospect, it was a little bit of a, um... I guess a, a desperate, you could call it desperate, you know, desperate mm-hmm. um, attempt to, to win some of this money back. But uh, at the end of the season, I did not fit. I think I, um, mm. I got, I got vice, vice champion of the gambling corner as well um, with going mm-hmm. only down $86, um, only down $86 to $14. And if you think about it, that's not even that much money. So no. it's not even that big of a deal. No, it's not. It's not at all. It's only uh, like eight and a half units. That's it. Yeah, 8.6 units. And so, and so, and I mean, you know, it's just money. And gambling, you're supposed to lose money. It's about having fun. So. It's exactly about having fun. Speaking about having fun, <laughs> um, I started going into this week up, actually, 2.2 units at $120.20. Um, but this was kind of the first week in a while that I just had a little bit of struggles with KMAG over Guan Yu Zhou at plus 110. KMAG was dead last. Uh, so that was a tough one. And then George Dewin at plus 350. Um, Mercedes just did not have that strong of a pace compared to the other two teams. So that did not hit either. I go back down to, um, I made 0.2 units, 0.2. 
So that's cool. $100 yeah. and 20 cents. If everyone right rode with me over the course of the, the second half of the season, you're welcome. And, and I think Marco, like me, I think you at least deserve some commission off of the, I was going to say uh, like, send, yeah. Or I was going to say, didn't we say the difference between uh, like winner and loser, the monetary difference, the loser has to pay the winner. So uh, nope, we never okay. said that. But as a gesture of good faith, I will award mm. you um, the Delta gain. So uh, you got twenty, <laughs> 20 cents coming All your right. way in Venmo. Yeah, and that's and that's okay. deserved. I'll uh, tell you, and you deserved that. That was yeah. That, I know. Putting that straight into Bitcoin when it comes back. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Well done, our gambling quarter, Marco the Victor in 2022. Mm-hmm. Excited to see how it works out next year. This was actually one of my uh, one of my like quickest. Grow, like this sector grew on me a lot uh, even though i didn't perform yeah. i think we got to keep going on this one so yeah absolutely. i think haikus are out and gambling corner is in <laughs> yeah. for the 23 season yeah absolutely uh speaking about our kind of our um top tier type of sectors we have our race predictions recap going into the weekend we were tied at 29 to 29 just uh, just two titans going at it um i will start first so i started pretty hot at the beginning with uh Latifi going a DNF and winner Max, but then I go cold for the rest of prediction. So I ended up with 31 points with two points this weekend at 31. Like I said, 31. Points. Yep. Um, driver of the day, Sebastian Vettel, the layup of all layups there. Uh, pole position to Max Verstappen, and then three cars not finishing the race. So it gave me three points, edging out Marco by just one point. Uh, Marco wins last year on the ga- on the race predictions. I win this year on the race predictions. Marco wins this year on the gambling corner. So I think Smart Money says I win next year on the gambling corner. But um, in all in all, this this was uh, like one of I mean one of the more enjoyable seasons. I think we I, we do owe it to the people who listen to this podcast. Who uh, well, like I I think we should do some kind of like race uh, or season recap. Um, just kind of like highs and lows of the drivers and teams. But uh, this has been a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's, it's been an awesome kind of hobby to do with you and to the people who listen, we super appreciate it. You guys are, uh, all, all eight of you are the reason that we keep doing this podcast every week. So, uh, I, for one last time, just for old time's sake, Marco, anything else to close the people out with before we wrap up? They're not just assholes. Our listeners, they're our assholes and I could not be yeah. happier to have our few and far between assholes. <laughs> exactly. So you guys, thank you. See you, our assholes. See ya, my assholes. (laughs) 